Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been uh, putting together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and other people's takes about what's going on in the stock market, what's going on with stocks and ETFs. The goal here is hopefully for you to take some nuggets of information and perspectives and be able to bring them back into your own personal uh, investing uh, situations and with the goal for you to make more uh, successful investment decisions. My name is Amon Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, if you haven't heard of uh, an investment coach, if this is the first time you've heard of that uh, term, uh, what I do is essentially try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem that most people have in their journey to becoming more financially uh, independent is, as, as it pertains, to, especially as it pertains to investing, is they often feel intimidated, uh, frustrated, and confused by the whole investing process. They either uh, don't know where to start, if they're brand spanking new into investing, or they've been investing for a long time but just you know, aren't getting anywhere with their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can improve the chances of achieving a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and and achieving it with confidence. So today is part two in my little mini series of uh, podcasts where I'm kind of taking a little bit of a deep dive to try to figure out what drives stock prices? What makes stock prices go up? What makes stock prices go down? This is a fundamental question if anybody is interested in getting into investing that we have to try to figure out. Um, if we can kind of have some principles and some concepts about what drives stock prices, um, hopefully we can take advantage of that, those principles, and apply those principles into how we make decisions uh, in terms of buying and selling stocks or ETFs and hopefully incre- increase our chances of making good investment decisions that are going to help us grow our hard-earned savings. So in this is part two, and in part one, the uh, opening uh, in the series, I tried to start off by taking a very high-level approach to, to figuring out where what drives stock prices. And I talked a little bit about um, the whole concept of having stability, stability in our, in our, in our government and in our financial institutions, uh, stability in the sense of, of predictability in, in how uh, institutions are governed, governance procedures, and also ultimately the rule of law. Um, economies and ultimately businesses and companies and wealth creation is really driven by stability and if you're investing in a country in a region that has a great deal of of stability that is a a condition that's going to be conducive to increasing uh, your chances of investing in companies increasing your chance of businesses becoming being able to create tangible wealth and ultimately create tangible wealth for their shareholders so I got into that whole side of it you can go ahead and listen to that previous episode part one so Today, I'm just going to continue on and I'm going to look at another perspective or another component that, uh, that, plays, a, that plays an important factor in how stock prices, uh, what makes stock prices go up and down. And the first part was more kind of legalese and everything and now I'm going to start really getting to more, more, maybe more of the, the economics of, a, of, of investing. And it really comes down to uh, supply and demand is a factor that drives stock prices. 
you know, ultimately when we <laughs> stocks trade on a market and a stock market, a stock exchange, and what is the stock exchange populated with? It's populated with people, institutions that are buying and selling uh, stocks or ETFs. So we have buyers and we have sellers, and ultimately, if we break it down to you know economic you know economics uh, first principles, supply and demand is a component. So if there's a lot of demand for stocks, if a lot of people want to buy stocks, that's going to have a factor uh, in terms of driving prices up. Um, if there's a lot of stock that's been issued in the market, if companies are issuing lots of uh, shares in the market, that can have a dilutive impact in terms of the supply-demand equation of, of, of a stock market or of, a, of an individual stock, and that can potentially drive prices down. These are basic, you know, economic first principles of supply and demand very much come into play with, with stocks, because like stocks, they trade, they're a market. We have markets of oranges, we have markets for cell phones, markets for uh, fitness clubs, a market of shares of stocks is is no different from any of those other type of uh, uh, tangible or intangible um, products and services. So, so that's the you know that's the the theory behind it. Is you know, uh, but, but I think what I wanted to share with you is is some insights because there's a lot of there's there's information now out there that kind of backs up this concept. That and this is came up and I just want to cite. Uh, a blog post that uh, Nick Mar Nick Maguli, let me get his name right. I don't want to butcher his name. Nick Maguli, he writes this blog called uh, "Of Dollars and Data," and it's excellent. It's an excellent blog. You definitely should be following it. Uh, he's he to me, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there like blogs out there that are really great in the sense that there's a lot of good people who can really articulate um, investing. Um, from a you know from more of a philosophical theoretical concept and do a really good job of it. I think uh, Nick does a really good job with this. Um, but he wrote a post talking about all of the supply demand equation and how it is a real critical uh, factor that drives stock prices. And he took some information, he grabbed some data from the Association of uh, American Individual Investors, and uh, kind of plotted it and looked at how. Um, the proficiency or the propensity of people to own stocks. And how, what, what's the impact of that in terms of future uh, equity returns? And so what he came up with, and he plotted this, was that when there are more, when there's an increased demand by people to own stocks, i.e. when stocks are kind of cool and hip and in favor, and people pile into the stock market and start owning more sh uh, in their portfolio, investing more in stocks and maybe like bonds or something. When you look at the future returns, and more specifically the, the next 10 years of returns, it's often lower. So the, the, the relationship here is the more people pile into stocks, the, in, the more likely that future returns over the next 10 years and I'm using 10 years over the next decade, will be lower. And it's interesting. And you can just see this chart. <laughs> this is where a video would make sense than more than a podcast. Um, if you go see this, this chart, it's essentially you know, starting high you know, at the top um, left and then going all the way down. So the, the, the logic here is that when people are owning 
less likely, less interested in owning stocks, when the amount of uh, ownership of stocks by investors is low, that tends to correlate with a future higher returns, uh, which is the inverse of, of when people pile into the market. Uh, so when you if you follow that logic, and as I said, we're, this, we're trying to figure out what drives stock prices. And so if people are out there wanting to own, let's just say people are right now in the market, people want to jump on stocks, everybody, your grandmother and everybody is just piling on stocks. Um, that should be your kind of cue to, to not be in stocks, uh, to sell stocks. Um, so if you apply that logic, it's... It's kind of formulaic in the sense that you know when the when people are really giddy and euphoric about stocks, that's when you shouldn't be in stocks, and when people are really downright pessimistic and don't want to have anything to do with stocks, that's the time you want to be buying stocks. So if you can, it's a it's that's your formula, that's your formula for investing, in terms of making investment decisions. And so, it sounds pretty easy. Um, just follow that, and your chances of doing well over the long period. Uh, of making more investments, better investment decisions, uh, it's in your favor. The takeaway here, I want I want you to come away with this is yes, the numbers and the data show this, uh, but the thing you have to understand is you have to endure quite a bit of pain in the sense of, uh, and if we look at it in this context of you know saying if you're you know. The percentage that you're in stocks, percentage that people are invested in stocks, uh, constitutes uh, if it's a high amount, then it constitutes a lower, uh, lower future returns. In this case, a 10-year return. You have to understand that it's not the next 10 years you're going to have losses every year for next for 10 years because that's not how markets react. You know, what you're most likely going to have is you're going to have periods in those 10 years where the markets are probably going to be going up. And so, if you followed this strategy and literally sat out the market you'd be missing out on quite a bit of returns. And often that's going to challenge your emotions. And often that's going to lead to a certain, a certain uh, about of uh, FOMO, a fear of missing out. And this is where the psychology kind of starts to, to come into to play. So even though you sat out the market looking at this data saying, hey, people are all in on stocks and your intuition is to get out of stocks, you might be getting out and the market might just keep going up for a few more years. And uh, if you look at some of the recent pullbacks that we've had, the major pullbacks we've had, it's kind of played out in a very similar way. If you looked at the, the market in the, in the late 90s before the dot-com um, bubble blew up, there was a couple of years there when even though everybody knew the sentiment on stocks was pretty negative, people still kept buying stocks. You look at what happened in, uh, in 2006 and 2007 before the meltdown in uh, the financial crisis, same sentiment. People were still piling into stocks, even though um, the, the, the data was saying you shouldn't be into it, but stocks kept going up. Same thing has been going on over the last decade. If you look at the, the data, profitability has been kind of weak. We've had an incredible low amount of low interest rates, um, but stock prices keep going up. But the data tells you that, hey, this is an overvalued market. So it challenges you to, and this is what makes investing really hard, is it's not at the end of the day about data. It's about behavior, and it's about how you are going to emotionally react to this type of behavior. And that's really what separates a lot of uh, great investors from, from average to not so good investors is 
understanding the psychology. And that's really the takeaway that I really want to come away with. It, uh, you understand, like I've talked a little bit about the economics of supply and demand, but the economics of supply and demand for stocks really comes back to behaviors, becomes, becomes back to sentiment and psychology. And when I talk about that, uh, in, some of, in, in the courses that I teach, I talk a little bit about this behavioral challenges and biases that we're all coming against. And one of them is the herd mentality, groupthink. So, you know, you're going to a party and you're feeling like, I don't want to be in stocks, but then all of your friends are talking about how they made a killing on this and they're making money on this and they're doing well in stocks. You get FOMO, you get peer pressure, and that often then kind of challenges what your investment strategy is, your investment plan, how you believe you want to invest in stocks, and it forces you to make decisions that you don't want to make and may make you to deviate away from your investment plan. So you can understand all the data and everything, but at the end of the day, psychology plays a factor. The supply and demand is a factor that drives stock prices, but really what's underlying that supply and demand is a lot of sentiment, behavior, and psychology. And so that's really the hard part of investing is that discipline, maintaining that discipline, resisting the urge to, to act on FOMO. Um, and it really forces you to become thinking instead of first level thinking, approaching things from a second level thinking in terms of challenging the status quo. Um, so we talked about earlier Rule of law, stability, that's one element. A second element of what drives stock prices is psychology. Psychology in which the sentiment of investors, understanding what the sentiment and psychology of the investors are out there as they make investment decisions, and then using that kind of to quantify that through, through the whole supply-demand equation. The logic being, if again, just to recap it, if there's a proficiency, if there's a, a, a big, huge nucleus, critical mass of people that are piling into stocks, that often will be a signal that future returns are going to be weak. Now, are they going to be weak in a, in a linear fashion? No, there's still gonna be, there's, there are still gonna be periods where their market's actually gonna do good. That's the tricky part. Now, the tricky part is just kind of training yourself to forget about those little bouts of FOMO that you might have and kind of focusing on your investing plan and focusing on your investing strategy and building that discipline to withstand those periods where you know what, hey, you know, I think the market sucks, it's gonna suck in the future, but hey, it keeps going. Should I, should I tinker with my investing plan? Should I start tinkering with the types of stocks that I'm owning? That's usually where things fall apart. So really, really key principle for you to understand uh, in terms of what drives stock prices. It's a whole supply and demand equation. Understanding what the psychology of, of, of investors is, what the sentiment is, and then knowing, taking, taking the, the core principle behind it and using it to extrapolate, figure out what future returns are gonna be. If people are piling into stocks, chances are the future's gonna be kind of, uh, in the long term, equity prices are probably gonna be lower. If people are really hating stocks and don't wanna be bothered talking about it or getting into it, 
that's probably the times where you want to be buying it. And this is, you know, this is Buffett. This is classic what Buffett has always said, is that you buy when there's blood on the streets and you sell when people are all happy and giddy. And so that's one element uh, that you need to factor in when you're making your investment decisions is understanding what's going on in the supply-demand equation of, of, of the market and understanding what's going on with respect to the psychology of, of investors, how they are feeling about owning stocks. And if you factor that in, into your investing playbook, into your ideology, it's going to be a key component for how you drive it. And staying disciplined to your ideology, that's going to help you um, weather those bouts of FOMO and self-doubt that you're going to have, because that's going to happen um, as you walk through your investing journey. So that's, another, so that's, today, that's pretty much what I wanted to share with you today. We're going to keep going. In the next couple of episodes, I'm going to keep drilling down a little bit more. We're starting really, as I said, I wanted to start really high level and then kind of start drilling down into sort of the more mechanical components of trying to figure out what drives stock prices. And we're gonna get there uh, over the next couple of episodes. So I encourage you to stay tuned and keep on listening and uh, downloading um, the future episodes and the current episodes. And uh, hopefully at the end of it, you'll have a, hopefully I think, a really good, well-rounded um, overview of, of these core components, of these core principles. If you have any questions about this or any of my previous episodes, you can give me a shout through my uh, through my website, stageinvestors.ca. Uh, you can drop me an email through there. If you have any questions about this episode or any other podcasts or any of the courses I teach, as I said, I'm an investment coach. I teach people uh, and I teach courses both online and in person about investing in stocks and individual stocks and ETFs. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, I just do a search for Sage Investors. I have a Facebook page there. But you'll really find me on Twitter. I'm on there all the time, uh, chiming in, offering my own takes about what's going on in the market and sharing some really good takes by other people who I think, who I follow, who I think really, really know this investing thing and who I really look to to get really good insights and perspectives about, about investing. So you can follow me through there. My handle is at Sage Investors. You can find me on Instagram. I'm on there not as much often, but I'll throw some stuff out there. You can find me there. My handle is uh, Sage Investors Nation. If you're also interested, I also publish an email. I send out an email every Wednesday morning. I call it In The Loop, where I share um, updates in terms of content that I've uh, released in terms of podcasts, videos, and blogs, as well as sharing articles that I'm reading uh, from people, as I said, who I think know a lot more about investing than I do and who I find uh, provide really unique perspectives that you're probably not going to find on the mainstream media. So you can subscribe, go to my site, sageinvestors.ca, and subscribe for my weekly newsletter. I send it out every Wednesday morning, early morning, and also every Wednesday afternoon in case you missed it in the morning. So that's all I got for you this week. Thank you very much for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.